0: The darker you get, the more negative it is. It's everywhere. And spending some time in, in Southeast Asia, big Western brands sell bleaching products openly there. There's advertisements on television, very racist, silly advertisements about the lighter you are, the better it is. And you know, Dove and these big companies are selling bleaching products openly. So it's absolutely, for me, it's a global sickness. It's everywhere. You know, being fair is always connected to European, more civilised, better, prettier. That's a global sickness.
1: Can I add to that? Sorry, for that, because I didn't finish. On top of that global sickness, there's the um the spiritual ones. I know, Carl, you saw that brooch the other day. That's the highest order that you can be given. It's got a white angel with his, his foot and the black angel's neck. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously things like that, yeah you're not going to associate anything good with being dark, are you? you know, you can see the flames behind that um, that black angel or demon, whatever it's supposed to be. He flames behind the demon and obviously you can see that the white one is coming from the heavens. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's it's again, it's ingrained in it. This is beyond the institution. This is like societal now. You know what I mean? Like the black every, and then you've got the connotation of the words. This one's, he's got a black soul or, you know, black male and all the rest of it here. Yeah? Like everything associated with um, black is, is, is always of a negative ilk apart from being in the black, which means you've got money in the bank. I always did like that one. So, yeah. Jim, put your hand up. Um,
2: yeah, I think, okay, historically, if we look back at um, the idea of colorism, it all comes down to, um, I agree with everything that has been said so far. Uh, it's a patriarchal system that created it sorry men that are in here they're about to jump down my throat um but it's also a way of uh, and it's also a way of preserving the higher elite as to say because if we go back to the 17th 16th century those that were dark were the ones that worked in the fields those were the ones that did the manual labor and then if you come back now to the 80s where you had money and you could travel.
3: Gem, your mic's muted.
2: Oh, sorry. So when you come back to the 80s, it's when you could travel. So it was okay to have a tan. It was okay to have darker skin because then it showed that you had money. So the root of it all has always been money to begin with. And second of all, it's always been men who then take it apart. And mostly, if you guys don't agree, it, it predominantly is targeted towards women the colorism more so the men it's something that you know you segregate the women you're lighter so you you must be better looking or you're darker you're nothing um so i think that's my point of view on this one unless anyone agrees i'd like to hear it thank you
0: yeah just adding to that i had an experience years ago I used to live in New York and I was around I was a grown up where I grew up I was around a lot of Africans outside of UK I grew up in Sweden with a lot of African friends very proud African proud of their heritage proud of their skin color even though there was a lot of racism in Sweden the racism was targeted towards anything that was not pure white and pure blonde so we were kind of in a similar boat even though obviously blacks are targeted differently but we all felt the kind of pain of racism I grew up around a lot of very proud black people and then moving to the US living in New York I was around a lot of Dominicans and Puerto Ricans who obviously they all have African heritage but also the Spanish influence where light skin is prettier better very very uh, it's very evident within their communities and I I was dating a very dark-skinned man at that time and I remember hearing why would I choose such a dark-skinned man to date when I have a choice of anyone I'm fair so I can choose whoever I want why would I choose a dark-skinned man where my children would be darker have curlier hair etc they were baffled by that so that was the first time I really came across people that had African descendants that kind of saw being black and connection to Africa as such a negative thing and I was really shocked because obviously I came from a completely different you know influence i was very very surprised and shocked at the self-hatred and how deep it went within their community thank you hello hey hi sorry um
4: my phone's messing about yeah um i'd just like to agree with two of the things i heard um really powerful so far the lady who said that it's mainly aimed at women so agree in my experience coming up um it was always a thing whereby it came from men um the lighter you were the better you were and it was a thing whereby you were more kind of like seemed to be more attractive the light you were regardless of how actually attractive you were um and also like the the lady who she just spoke said um i went to jamaica with my partner at the time and he's really quite dark and um when we was out there literally everyone was like oh they're so pretty and so light. Why would you pick this? Why why did you pick him? What did you do to get her? And even in terms of our children, um, my youngest is quite light. The eldest is kind of like a a middle tone. Both beautiful, both both beautiful, um, beautiful young ladies. And um, and they would always point out the the youngest and say, "Oh, look at her. She's so she's so brown and pretty." And it really kind of like it really hurt because obviously I went to Jamaica thinking that it's going to be like this big, massive cultural experience and it was going to be amazing. And I experienced more colour prejudice than i would ever, ever experienced in my life in, in the UK. And I've experienced and seen and witnessed quite a lot in the UK. But in Jamaica, it was like tenfold. Every single way we went, it was like people always commented on our skin tone. And um, like I said, you could literally look like the back of a bus, but as long as you had the light skin that was all that mattered and it, and it was really really sad um but also coming up when i was when i was quite when i was like in my 20s um teens to 20s going through like being in a dancehall scene that was a massive thing then as well because it was such a color issue in terms of the music it wasn't until buju brought that tune out um obviously everyone spoke about brownings and then buju finally came out and picked bigged up, bigged up the dark skinned girls and all of a sudden it was like, yeah, come on, big them up too, because you know it's not all about skin tone. So um, yeah, that's a couple of my experiences, but um, colorism is definitely a thing. I'm not sure how it is now, because obviously age and experience is different, but um, coming up, it was definitely a, a major issue. Yeah, thank you.
3: Thank you. Eugene. Uh, Sorry,
0: just hello, man.
5: hello,
3: Hi, hello. Dude. How are you doing? Great? Yeah, you're all right. I'm yes, good, man. I'm good.
5: Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Yeah, I'm just going off um, what Carrie said there uh, about going to Jamaica. I've not been there, not had the privilege of go, to go to Jamaica yet. But it just reminded me of what my mum used to say um, when she was back there and her gran. Now my gran, she was from Panama. A lot of us might find that even though our mums are from Jamaica and stuff, the the great-grands might be from somewhere else. Where My grandma's from Panama. And one of the things um, that, that stuck in my head was, I'm from a big family, there's ten of us. There's six girls and four boys. And the darker-skinned ones in my family used to get a rough ride or felt like they were getting a rough ride, especially my sister. Um, She was dark skin as well, but she was very quiet in the family. She used to suck her form, hand on the the belly button and stuff like that. But mum used to always say that her gran used to always pick on and pinch her two other brother and sister who was darker-skinned and always giving them a rough ride. And it's from from Jamaicans as well, he would say, that the darker ones are not to be trusted. And these kind of... um, I don't know, I mean, it, it could go back to slavery days, I don't know, but it was just something where, against their own kind, the darker ones, used to always get a rough ride. And this was always spoke about from my mum. And again, as I say, my sister, she felt a little bit like a black sheep. And obviously, she, as she grew up now, she was very quiet growing up, She's very quiet. And she's still the same now, she still feels and goes on, like we're always at her throat, but we're not at a throat. She just feels that way and it's funny that this conversation should be going like this because it's made me kind of realise that the dark ones in my family did kind of feel or get a rough ride, whether it was them just being quiet and not feeling they could get, get brought into whatever else was doing. But it was kind of like a, felt like it was ostracised from the group, like it wasn't really part of the rest of the family. And I just I just didn't realise that it was such a thing in, in our own culture where it's like unbiased racism kind of thing. You just, you know, you're not really aware that you're kind of racist to your own people kind of stuff. But you are, and it's little things like this, where if the darker, for example, they might get a bit of a rough ride, opposed to those who are light-skinned, who can be pastors, you know, just getting, not better people, but they're just kind of more to be trusted kind of thing. I just think
3: it's a good point that like Karis brought there, so I just thought I'd touch on that one again. Thank you uh, Amina Hey Hiya.
6: you're right. um, so I wanted to make two points um one about my personal experience and two about because I feel like we're kind of touching on like we're touching on the the origins of colorism but not really talking about it um,
3: well, talk so about
6: it in, in now, in terms of, in terms of, like, because colorism is there for a reason. Like, it's not like for the whole generation of mankind, black people have been, you know, darker skin has been a negative thing. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that this is, in terms of the the span of humanity, black people, dark-skinned people being treated a negative way is fair, in, in terms of the length of humanity, it's fairly new. Do you know what I mean? So, um, originally, like, Mansa Musa and people like that, they was the darker the skins, the, the richer the word, the the more the better they were seen. So this term of the, the whole colorism thing is not uh um is something that's you know from, from forever being black has been seen as like a negative thing. It's recent that come around the times of slavery when in order to capture us and make black seem bad, they had to de- like take away the the attributes of being black. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that's a point I just wanted to make because this is not a thing that's been, in our lifetime and obviously our history as we know it, of course, darker skin has been, you know, seen as an, as an issue and negative and the thieves or dumb or all the negative things that the one attributes was fine. But I just feel like it's, it's a thing that came around slavery in order to make slavery happen. Anyway, but that was one point. Um, <laughs> the other point I wanted to make is in terms of my experience with colorism. So, I have a lot of brothers and sisters, but um, I've, I've got 15 altogether. <laughs> but I've got, um, in terms of my mom and dad's children, it's the six of us. So, there's four girls, two boys. I've got one lighter skin sister, two like normal chocolate tone, and one dark skin sister. So, in terms of maybe my family was just different, but I always felt that my darker skin sister got treated better than all of us. Um, <laughs> I, I always felt that she, she's lovely and there was never no negative, you know, I never felt a, a way about it but I just felt that because, maybe because my mom noticed the way that the world would probably treat her, we just always gave her extra praise and extra, you know, attributes to make herself feel better because we knew in the wide world, you know, how she would be treated but when I actually think about like growing up in terms of colorism things like that, I didn't, being a black girl, again maybe again i'm just flipping the head of this whole conversation but it's actually been a positive thing like colorism i didn't really see it like i I never noticed that the light-skinned girls was getting treated better than the dark-skinned girls because all my dark-skinned friends were the top ones of like all the boys was after them so yeah that's just my experience
3: (laughs) thank
4: you um i definitely agree that um a lot of it's got to do with indoctrination and Going back to, to slavery and um, a way of kind of like breaking our identity, because obviously you had the stronger, um, if you want, to, if you want to call it gene pool. But then obviously the more we mix, all the colors just switch up and change. Um, however, I also think the media has a major role to to play in in the perpetuation and, and the, in the reinforcing of the. Um, this the colorism because whenever you look on TV, well not so much they are trying to be a little bit different now and, and obviously you see dark skin sisters on the on the tv a lot in advertising but for all my time coming up it was always light-skinned girls on, on the on the news on the um on adverts skin creams hair stuff You see what i'm saying um so that was constant reinforcement that light was was right so i'm coming from that's that was what it was perpetuating. perpetuating. also um a lot of my little local shops, bleaching cream everywhere. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, and they've got all these ridiculous names like bright and White. And it's, it's something that we need to really kind of like get down to and kind of like think about how you can literally just build up confidence and pride in self because, you know, whether you're light-skinned, dark skin, it's just is about self-appreciation and self-love. And that's what we've got to kind of like be on. As I've always tried to raise my two. Look quite different. And, you know, you've got to love yourself regardless. And regardless of what the life and society throws at you, you've got to appreciate yourself. Media has a major role in reinforcing stereotypes and ideals that they want to be pushed to the forefront, their agenda. Yeah, that's it.
3: Thank you. Manny?
1: Just wanted to say two things, yeah, in response to what um, Amina said. yeah, first of all, I want to acknowledge, because no one did, is that in the grand scheme of humanity, this negative looking at um, being like the, this black skin tone is recent. Do you know what I mean? It would have been revered initially. Um, and the next thing I want to say is one thing I've noticed about Amina, yeah, she seems to have had a very different experience from a lot of um, darker skinned girls, isn't it? And I feel like that just tells you that if we, um, as a people, black people, actually nurture our black girls in that way they'll come up feeling it the same way that amina does and will be able to achieve all the types of things that she's achieved do you know what i'm saying to you rather than um glorifying um lighter skin women and there is nothing wrong with lighter skin women but we all know initially it was that method of divide and conquer and we also know that that black gene is the dominant gene and the idea was to wash that out. and this is like something that happened. Unfortunately, Jason's not here, but Jason can wax on it more lyrical than I can. Yeah, but he was explaining the period in Brazilian history where they felt as though the country was being overrun with black people. So that's when they kind of opened their borders again, basically to dilute the um, the amount of blacks and the fact and the, and I suppose for them the danger that um, the majority of Brazil would be black. You know that when you look at Brazilians, they look like a nation of mixed race people. You look mm. at the Brazilian team; they a nation of mixed race people. And that's because the few black people that were there, um, because the, the, the dominance of the gene, this is what it is. So I think this is also a case of, um, I, I don't know the right word for it, but you could almost call it um, from some people's perspective, survival, do you know what I mean? Because anything you look at, there's always this, there's always this goal to um, either to make color, make, make darker skinned look like <coughs> or to die Areas where there are a lot of black people or if we are going to go to the extreme where we're talking about Bill, Ga- Bill Gates and Planned Parenthood is to try to convince black people and people of lower income families not to have children do you know what I mean and at the same time they're trying to have more children but obviously we, um, we procreate do you know what I mean and they try to make it look as though procreation is a bad thing which is why I wanted to rate Amina's family as well for banging out all them kids because all <laughs> from what I've seen from what I've seen of her, her siblings and that they're all doing all right you know what I'm saying? to you? see This kind of myth that black people will have children and they're just going to suck off the system is a lie. My mom has got 20 brothers and sisters and they've, they've moved all across the world, Canada, America, the UK. Do you know what I mean? I know that no one ain't sucking off the system. It's like, that is our... Um, in the same way, what's his name? I forgot the guy's that, that uh, Asian dude who said he's going to send the silent army. I can't remember if it was Gandhi or something because obviously silent army is all these successful Asian business people. They've come and they've done their thing and they've raised their economic... Um, status and are a real threat. Do you know what I mean? But this is the thing that we do. We move and we do um, procreate and we procreate ourselves between us and we also procreate with other nations. But the issue is that when we procreate with these other nations, the children still come out black. And I think for um, certain people, not everybody, I feel like that's, that threatens them, which is why if you look in the Upset Dictionary of 1945, you will find the very clear definition of the yellow peril And that is that the fear or danger that yellow nations will one day take over the world. So if they're thinking this about Chinese people, and particularly Eastern Asian they're referring to, then you know that the people, the academics that create these books, Oxford Dictionary, not just some random dictionary, they're aware of everything that they perceive to be a threat. And if we, as some of them have said, you know, they've they've referred to some black people in the ghettos breeding like rabbits, If we allegedly breed breed like rabbits, that's also an issue in terms of the the numbers of people. That's going to be a problem to them. And then you've got Africa with how many billions of people in there as well. It's like there's a lot of black people in this world. And in Africa, a lot of those people are quite young as well. So that's a threat because they're also educated. They're not stupid. They're educated. They're young. They're black. They're not light-skinned necessarily. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, that's in terms of economic stability and, and control and ownership here. I think it presents a very real threat. To the um to the existing status quo from their perspective because they're not into fair competition they're not into competition that's fair they want they want always to be to have the power to, to have a hand in what's going on and always want to be in control so that's my take on that people
7: um what I, I suppose the point I just wanted to to make following on from quite a few of the points that were made in terms of this idea of darker I mean throughout throughout history the idea of something being dark was seen as being sinister, um, and that's that's as far back as you want as you want to go. Uh, the the idea of darkness in itself, um, before even skin colour. Um, but bringing it back to to present day, um, I'm curious to know whether or not current generations um, among our our culture are whether or not colorism is is still that strong. Um, There is still a drive for skin lightening and that drive is not just from a media point of view, but from the advertisers. So companies like uh, L'Oreal and Unilever, they generate about eight, approximately about four to $5 billion in revenue just from skin lightening products. So from a media point of view, media gets paid for by advertisers, so they need to make sure the advertisers are kept happy. So you're always going to, this market is growing more and more and more. 40% of Chinese women use skin lightening cream. 40%. So this attitude of lighter is better is not going away because it makes too much money. So there will continually be a drive for this. There are now YouTube channels purely about skin lightning and not just female. There's one guy called Frank white who has a YouTube channel and it's Frank spelled F R A I N K white black guy. He has a YouTube channel. He's actually produced his own skin lightening cream cream. So there's money being made in this. My, concern is amongst our own whether or not this is still a strong issue and just from a, a personal standpoint i remember back in the day and 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 i know where this stems from this stems from the attitude of my parents particularly my mother about lighter is better and that she wouldn't wouldn't want me to come home with a, a girl that was darker than me. Now, I didn't explore that. Did I challenge it initially? No, but as I've grown older, I am so thankful to have the wisdom that I can just look at a woman and just see, I can just see beauty in any shade, but I'm actually more open to women of darker skin and i wasn't like that and i'm grateful that i my mind is opening that i can see beauty in all forms because i know there are many many men out there that don't see that there is also many women out there that don't see that they will only see one skin tone and think that's the right skin tone and i and i don't i no longer see it that way but my but i'm you know i'm am i middle-aged yeah some people would say that i am but my concern is for my my daughter's uh, age group. So, you know, between 20, 20, 25 and 30, wondering whether or not this is more, still an issue for them or whether or not they have now more iconic, dark-skinned women out there that are just confirming that black truly is beautiful, all forms of black is beautiful. And, I, and I'm, so I'm, I'm looking to get some feedback from... Um, People of a younger age group, if there are any within this session, to see what their experiences are in terms of how they are being received in relation to their skin
3: tone. Thank you.
6: Um, yeah, so following off what um, the man just said, um, I think, like, so I'm 30 and in ter- I, I, obviously, I'm not like the young generation, but I'm not like, like you know, I mean, I'm kind of in the middle. And I just feel that my, as I said, like I'm chocolate skin toned, like I'm normal. Because as well, the, when people say dark skin as well, like I feel like that term needs to kind of like have more understanding. Because some people class just, I would, I would class myself as a normal black girl, like just normal chocolate skin colour. There's light skin, which is a lighter skin toned black person, not mixed race person, in my opinion, but again, we're here to discuss. A light skin person to me is a light black person. And then there's normal, which is my tone. And then there's dark skin, which is a, a richer tone. Like, so, so yeah, that's the way I view it, one, to give context to what I'm about to say. Um, me personally, as I said earlier, I growing up, being black was not an issue to me. Like, I did not, I, did, I never felt that being chocolate skin or being dark skin, if you want to call it, was, I didn't, you know what I mean? Because I, I, the girls that was around me, there was my skin tone. You know, it was never like the boys was just trying to get the light skinned girls. There was, there was trying to get girls, <laughs> the pretty girls. Do you know what I mean? So I never, maybe it's just a different time or I don't know, but I just didn't grow up feeling like that that being said that being said when i had my daughter i will be completely honest and i know it's actually bad to say but we're here for a reason uncomfortable conversations um when i had my daughter i do remember when she was first born and i do remember like part of me i know this sounds so bad but just like a bit nervous maybe I don't know why I thought that I don't know why it was a thing to me but I just remember thinking like if she's because me and her dad are similar skin tones I thought if she's our skin tone like I don't know I don't know I don't know why I, I felt a, not a way about it but I felt kind of nervous about it and I, she's beautiful like she's dark skin chocolate rich absolute stunner but I do remember that being a thing to me so maybe in the back of my mind, it's still, it probably somehow has translated, like colorism has translated, even though I do feel like it's not affected me, but clearly it has, if that's a thought that comes to my head when I've just given birth. So yeah, I don't know, I was just saying that.
3: Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks for having yeah. Um, Jason?
8: All right, uh, can you hear me? We've got mute off.
3: Yeah, yeah mute off.
8: Yeah, okay, I've come a bit late to the conversation, so um, if I... Understand correctly, this is colorism, right?
3: Yeah, well, the question was Is colorism a bigger issue among people of color than it is among people of color and immigration?
8: Um, okay, so uh, colorism is uh, it's still a slight issue, uh, Jason. Jason, yeah, yes,
3: I have to interject. Apologies, Cassie. Uh, uh, oh, okay. I'll come,
8: I'll come in after.
3: It's fine. I yeah, need to go apologize.
9: Yeah. I, 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 no, it's I, uh, fine. Cassie. I'm so, I'm so sorry. No worries. <laughs> yes. Um, I was going to speak about just in general, just when looking at life, like when I look at people, I wanted to get degrees in like divinity and psychology and all of that, because I'd watch how, I didn't quite understand why some people treated other people differently based on the way they looked. And specifically with color, it was like, how do we deal with it as a individual person is what was important to me because how come some people don't react so violently, like in the way they speak or the way they point out or the way they fight. And then some people are extremely angry and why so much anger? And it's like, yeah, some people have dealt with a lot and they don't know how to get that pain out. And to me, when it came to black people against other black people or with other black people, there seems to be some type of understanding that you can't be equal to this person. And I would always try to talk to people and try to get to understand them And being black. But knowing that, hey, one side of my family, I'm the darkest person in the family and one side I'm the lightest. Why does that even, why is that even a conversation that needs to come up in my entire life? And I would question it and question it and question it. And when someone would say, hey, you know, on this side of the family, you have nappy hair and on this side of the family, you don't. And I was like, huh, that sounds like a disease. So the only thing I can do is be able to assist people to see what is our reaction, because how I dress or what I, what I say about myself, it's like. I can't let other people affect me. And if I can't build up other people to want to work on themselves, then I'm doing something wrong, but I can't blame anyone else for the way they treat me, but I will definitely correct them. And having worked in Hollywood and having worked in some really weird places that you see some really, to me, it's a dis-ease, D-I-S-S-E-A-S-E. And I feel that I was grateful to get out of that world because really not too easy for people if they automatically assume they have to judge anybody that way. But why do we have to show them what they're already thinking of us already by like showing them some sign that, yeah, this person doesn't have any control over themselves. I think that's what people expect out of Black people. And that's where a lot of the issues come when people want to judge others that are African, African, you know, of any other culture. And maybe just to be able to move on, we have to be able to work more and more and harder and harder on our inside. Sorry for taking so long.
3: Hi, that was to take long, thanks for the input. Um, really good points, I'll make a few notes, I'll come back to you, Jason. Hello. Hiya.
6: Yeah, uh, so um, in terms of what um, Jason said, um, well, obviously, I, I again I disagree because I, I feel like it's Manny. Are you in the conversation? Are you still here?
3: Manny's silent. I, I was I had I
1: had
6: I had them technical difficulties. All right, no, 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 but I, I, the reason I brought you up is because it goes after a yes. conversation that me and you had the other day. I believe yes. so. This is just my personal opinion, so please take no offense, nobody. My right. personal opinion okay. is. I believe that the way, um, if you look at black women, light skin women, white women, and then you look at men, especially in, you know, uh, you know how someone was talking about in music and things like that. You know how it's perpetuated light skin, light skin, light skin. I feel that black men, obviously, black men can love any skin tone. Like love is love. I get it. Like you know, you you are attracted to who you are attracted to. But I feel like the understanding and the psychology of who you are attracted to is part of colorism, in my opinion. Because I feel like in when I think of like so the boys that I know, or the men that I know, obviously all my brothers have gone for black women. Well, no, most of my brothers have gone for black women. A few have gone for white women, but most have gone for black, but um and light skin. Um, but I feel that the, part of the reason to me why black men go for, black, for, for lighter skinned women is because lighter skinned women represent a higher level of feminism in terms of society how things have been perpetuated to us in my opinion um, and I feel part of it's about that I feel like it's, a, it's not, not always a status symbol like I'm not going to say that you know men have chosen their women as, as a, you know, a badge of honor well you should um, in certain situations, but I do feel like black men m- black men being so drawn to women of other skin tones, one plays into just men being like men being more open or men being it's not a weird thing for men to like have many women. um obviously, as I said, I was born in poly- like a polygamous um community, so my my opinions of that is probably different from other people, but I do feel that black men have a higher level of attraction towards light-skinned women, in my opinion.
2: Thank you. Jim. Hi, everyone. Um, so, in terms of, like, everybody said some really interesting points, and it comes down, I think, majority of it is about women. Like, how do we identify ourselves in a society whereby the men that we want, only go for light-skinned women and those that are darker are pushed aside as to not be as not seen as attractive in that sense um because it's interesting when you look at old hollywood mulattoes were considered to be the light-skinned ones and therefore they were the sexual objects and the desire of every man whereby the dark-skinned ones which were called nannies they were the feisty women the women that worked in the field the women that um you know, nobody wanted in that sense. Um and then when you look at music videos, today's music videos, we applaud when a black man puts a dark skinned woman in their music video. But then we majority of them, if I was to say how many artists are there that are putting black women in their music videos, I think some of us will struggle. But when you see how many are putting light skinned women in their music videos, there's so many. and in essence, and I hate, hate to admit this, I think deep down as a woman in our subconscious, we look for the approval of men. And I think that's where we find a little bit of our, our identity. And without that, how can we have self-love? You might love yourself as much as possible, but if you are attracted to somebody and somebody says, oh, you know, I could have gone with the light tea, it breaks your self-confidence, it breaks your self-love. So um, in essence, I guess, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I think that that black men need to uphold black dark-skinned women a little bit more. Thank you.
3: Thank you.
8: I I remember what I was going to say now. Can I say? Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so what I was going to say, just to answer the question of the, the last person when she spoke about during slavery and the um the mulatto was deemed sexual object and the dark-skinned woman was the nanny um you gotta remember uh they don't tell you the whole story it was the dark-skinned woman who who was producing the mulatto's so someone had to be going so the white man had to be going to them dark-skinned women in order to get the mulatto babies yeah so don't let uh, those images of gone with the wind and mammy fool you because before mammy became uh, big and fat yeah, uh, nursing the white kids, uh, the white um, the white uh, woman's uh, children. She was a sexual object, yeah, which the master would want to, you know, have his way with her every single chance he got and uh, be running from his, his wife to, to, get, uh, to get his end away, you yeah, without trying to be crude. So let's not forget that. It's media which has played a part in putting that image of the dark-skinned woman as just being big, fat and... Um, and completely non-sexual, just some kind of uh, mother figure or, um, or domestic kind of, uh, you know, person, right? So we, we, we can knock that for six. That's just media that's, that's done that, and it's done a good job because a lot of us even keep thinking of that when we think of, of dark skin, right? So other thing I'll talk about is uh, was men, yeah? Um, the reason why black men don't have the same loyalty as black women do um, to uh, people of their own complexion Now there's a saying which my granddad used to say. I think it still stands true to this day. It was it was true when he first arrived in this uh, country in the in the early 50s, right? It was um, you're pretty familiar with it, right? Famous saying says a black man will never be homeless in this country in England because there'll always be a white woman to offer him a bed to sleep in, yeah. And um, and what that means is is that um, the black man has options. In this country because he's like desired right so give you give you an example there's a guy i worked with one time right there's this uh, young young dude right he looked like uh i really like to use the term ugly and attractive and stuff like that but he was he, you know he wasn't um he wasn't no oil painting he looked a bit like biggie smalls right but not as charismatic okay and um and I remember this guy speaking to me, he's like 25 at the time, he was like a DJ, right? Really, very big, overweight, big ass. Um, he was going bald as well at 25, which didn't help, right? And um, I remember him saying that he didn't like black women, right? He like, I don't like black women. I don't like, I've never got a black woman. I'm thinking, really? Why? And he was just like explaining why he wouldn't go with a black woman and everything else. He said, oh, they're actually, you know, the, the usual stuff they talk about, right? You they like, white women, right? Anyway, I saw um the guys um some of the girls who he was talking to these white girls and they looked good yeah especially considering how he looked and the thing is with black men the problem which black men find themselves in, or the predicament they find themselves in this country is that let's, let's do it we're going to do a scoring system yeah and say that um you know one to ten right with Idris Elba being 10 and uh, Biggie Smalls being a you know a three or four right this guy was a three or four okay um but yet yeah, he was getting white girls who were like seven or eight right? so he wouldn't so the kind of black girl he'd want a seven or eight wouldn't want him right even the fives wouldn't want him yeah it'd he'd be it'd he'd be, he'd be lucky to get the fours right so he'd be looking in the twos and threes but he wouldn't want the twos and threes because he can go across the street right, and get a seven in a, 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 a white lady and this, is the, and this is the predicament that a lot of uh, black guys find themselves in. That's why it's half them to stay loyal, like the black woman, because regardless how ugly they are and uh, not just how ugly they are, but also if they, they could uh, have no job, they could have uh, no prospects. It could be sleeping on someone's sofa. Yeah. And they could still get like a seven or an eight uh, white lady. You know what I mean? Whereas a, whereas a black woman would be like, look, you ain't got no damn job. You're sleeping on someone's sofa. You know what I mean? You've got no prospects. I have, to pay, I have to pay for you, right? So what do I want you for? And they wouldn't want him, right? And oh, that's the predicament.
3: Thank you. Sorry, I'm gonna have to stop you there, man. We, yeah, that's a very, very good point you made there. Um, I want some people to bounce back. We've got Car- uh, Manny and then Karis. Thanks for that, Jason. That's a very good point, though, Jason. Manny, can you now your mic? All right, Karis.
10: Hello, can you
4: hear me?
3: Come back to Manny. I'll come back to Manny. Yeah.
4: You got Manny or not?
3: No, gone.
4: Oh, cool. Yeah, just a couple of points. In terms of how we pick partners, I do think a lot of it's got to do with um the lady he was speaking previously. I, I agree with her. I think a lot of it's got to do with indoctrination, the way you brought up your family. Um, I've always literally the vast majority of people that have like a had relationships with in my lifetime have been dark skin, and a lot of that emulates from my dad's. My dad's biggest figure in my life, and I wanted someone like my dad. So obviously, you know, skin's not, not all about it, it's energy and everything else, but um, that's what I was really trying to, to, to get. Um, but because of the media um, perpetuating stereotypes and ideals, I think uh, the only guys that have really kind of mostly in my lifetime is only dark skin guys that have talked to me. A um, couple of light skinned guys, but it's mainly dark skinned men who've always shown a, a, a major interest in me. Um, what that's got to do with where their heads are, I'm not sure. But um, I do think for a lot's got to do with indoctrination, whether they see um, something they're trying to aspire to, or basically, again, um, I was having a conversation with someone today about masculine and feminine energy and how some black women due to the way we've had to be as women in some situation now i'm going a bit off subject here because a lot of time because we are raising children in single parent households some of the time obviously i know it happens in white families too but i'm talking about black people at the moment so because it happens we have to adopt masculine energy um and a lot of Black men may find that off-putting. So because you come off kind of masculine and you have to be strong and have to be kind of independent, that takes away from the kind of like, carefree, feminine, flowing kind of energy that you would have if you had this impact, Um, even down to if you're raised by a single parent, you're gonna have that same energy about you because that's what you've seen and you've seen your mom suffer and you don't want to put up with that. So, minute someone shows you anything untoward, you're displayed in the energy. So some guys may be put off by that. I'm not sure whether that's got anything to do with it, but um, yeah, that's something I definitely want to kind of like maybe think as as a group, we could discuss how black women have to generally adopt a masculine energy just to survive in this world, because it's a real thing. I know so many sisters out there who have to be a mum and a dad and they have to have both masculine and feminine energy about them. Whereas a lot of um, white women um, that I know are in couple raising children together and, you know, they're a lot kind of looser about life and it's it's not so serious. So, yeah, um, we think we make free, um, we think we make free choices, but a lot of the time the choices we make, I feel, are formed by, a lot of the time, experiences, life, media, indoctrination. Cool, that's it. Thank
3: you. Thank you. Um, Yo, can man. you hear
1: my phone now? Can, can, yeah, my phone. I don't know what's going on, but I really don't know what's happening. Um, obviously I've missed so much because obviously the, the whole the whole thing on my phone was just it was out it was out of whack. What I wanted to say earlier on was um definitely from my perspective as well. I feel like parents play a part in all of this because even my own mother, I love it to death but I would always get the feeling that she favoured me when I came in with um, lighter-skinned women. Do you know what I mean? She was always happier to see them. And I feel like that's because of when she was growing up, that's how they made lighter-skinned women feel like you've got the the prize. But what's happened as I've got older and I've formed my own opinion um, is that I appreciate darker-skinned women more. And if I'm going to be honest, like I don't have preferences, but I find myself now as I'm older, being more drawn to um, darker-skinned women. And also, on the point of um, that masculine energy that uh, the previous lady was talking about, with all the experiences that I've had in life as a black male, um, losses and wins, yeah? Like, my experience with black women is they're the ones that can actually ride with you when things aren't so great. So that's that's a supposed masculine energy, which I'm just going to call strength, is something for me that is a requisite now because like I don't think I feel comfortable sharing any success with anyone that wasn't willing to be down with me when times weren't weren't great and I feel like because because of the stuff that black people go through they're predisposed a lot of them depending on where they come from to actually ride and weather the storm with you because um I suppose it takes not to say you can't, like, you can't, as I've been with white women and some women, some of the white women I've been with, yeah, I feel like it could have worked. But I feel like more generally, like, it's going to take, on a general thing, it's like, more the greater numbers of black women are going to be able to rock with me than white women. Like, the, the white woman that can rock with me is going to be the um, exception to the rule. And then the black woman is probably going to be more general. And I feel like that strength as well, that, melanin, that, that extra additional um, dollop of melanin, you know what I mean? She might have come up a little bit harder. And as a result of coming up a little bit harder, she might be able to rock with you a little bit harder and understand you a little bit more. So it's those experiences in it, because obviously there's no one more feared or revered than the black male. And at the same time, then, you know, there's no one more um, defiled than the black female because of the colour of her skin. Whereas I just now, in my older age, in the last five years, realised, like, that they're the best. Right? And that's not to say I might not have a, a white woman, you know, I could be with any colour, because I also, I do see colour, but I also see a human being. So if me and a person get on, and they allow me to be me, and they allow me to be black, and they allow me to wax lyrical about whatever it's done, so that's lyrical about, then I will do that. But generally speaking, yeah, in, in the beginning, it would have been the parents that kind of get you on that path of colourism, making you feel like you won because you've got a lighter skinned girl. So it's kind of bred into you, and it's not until you get older yourself, and you start to see the world through your own eyes, and have your own opinion, that you have to kind of get rid of that yourself, basically, before you put it onto your children. And as Amina said, when her daughter came out, despite the fact that she had a great life for herself, and was, you know, she was loved for being dark-skinned, and all her friends were loved for being dark skin. something subconsciously, there was this visceral feeling that it might be to her child's disadvantage to have darker skin. And I don't think that's um, abnormal. I think that's quite real, that that's how people feel in it. So it just goes to show that colorism, is a life, basically. However, in terms of something else that Ralph said, he said, what's the experience with younger people? What I can say, Ralph, is like, like Amina, I work in an industry where most of the people are quite young. And what I'm seeing is, is like, people are taking pictures and asking for female models of a darker complexion a lot of the time. So dark-skinned girls are are getting a lot of modelling work. If you go on Instagram, you can find just as many beautiful jet black women as you can, Um, light women and even still to the point where you know you've got those those black women from Africa that are purple, black, yeah, a lot of them are getting played on um, Instagram and sitting, what's it called, the other one, Um, I forgot what it's called, Tikka, yeah, because people are just starting to realise like that black is beautiful, but I feel like the younger generation, to the lady whose niece or friend's daughter is in school, still being picked on and bullied, it's that ugly-duckling thing, in it? Like, she's in school, it's a microcosm of the world, yeah. When she gets out into the world, the same thing that everyone's crossing her for is the same thing that everyone's going to love her for. So she just got to get through that part of school. And when she gets out of school and gets into the wider world, she'll realise that the world's changing and people are acknowledging that black is beautiful and it is quite great, you know what I mean? Like, people speaking out, on it. So I missed a lot. Sorry if I rambled a little bit, but I had a lot to
6: get out.
3: Thank you. Thank you. You done, Yeah. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done,
6: brother. Um, so again, um, a, a lot of what I say or what I speak about is obviously based off experience. So, um, two two things I wanted to touch on. Um, the lady when she was talking about the aggression of black women or the microaggressions or something like that, why I believe I, I disagree, not even disagree with the point, but I just have a different opinion of it is because growing up. I'm obviously a black girl, you know, got a bit of sauce to me. My lighter skin friends got a bit of sauce to them. Even even her energy and my energy, even if we're on the same kind of thing, her energy is still going to be seen as less confrontational than my energy because she's a lighter skin tone. Hence why the thing back to lighter skin being seen as more feminine. Even if we are on the same amp and we're both, both Aggie, we both got something to say, because she's lighter skinned, her tone or everything the way that that's viewed will be in a different way from how i'm doing it literally because of the different tones in terms of um how you know how she was saying in terms of how men see women um i do see for me it's just back to the thing of i believe that black men not all just many have a thing or a, a subconscious in their head that the energy or the, as soon as a black woman has any atti- or a darker skinned woman has any attitude or any amp to her her character it's deemed as more negative than if it was a light-skinned woman or a lighter toned woman in my opinion one point second point is when manny was talking about black women in terms of um you know dating different types of women um but obviously black women standing out i not even in a thing of, like, bigging up black women or anything like that. But I just see, has growing up, my uncle married a white lady. So, again, I grew up in a Muslim household. Um, yeah, Muslim household, whatever. Yeah. My uncle married a white lady, white Muslim. My other uncle married a Pakistani woman. Um, and, obviously, my, my dad was married to my mom, obviously, a black woman. Them three household, my uncle stayed in the household with all his children how them all them children he had eight children how all eight of them children grew up in comparison to how with with an asian woman and how um that my other cousins grew up with a white lady versus how we grew up with a black mom to me is another reason why colorism and it it doesn't affect me because i i don't see when i look at the other skin tones or other people how they was raised i'm never going to think oh lighter skin means equals to a happy household or Mix race, or do you know what I mean? I, my brain just doesn't work like that. I just see it as we're all we're all in different situations. Colorism it exists, but it doesn't affect me. Um, based off, as I said, my examples of I had a light skin, a mix. All my mixed race cousins grew up in the house with mum and dad. They're all on drugs. My um, other um, my other mixed race cousin, half Asian, half black. They're all just all over the place. My mom, with all of us black children, we came out great. We grew up in a single parent family. So that's how I just view the world. Now I don't, I can't view it based off colour. I can't view it based off if you're in a lighter skin relationship or a black man with a lighter skinned woman, their life's going to be greater because I've not seen that. So, yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, colourism is a construct. We've got Brian and then Samuel. Uh, Okay, Um,
7: yeah, so many points, Um, but I'll I'll just keep it to to, two, just to respond very quickly to um, the point that Mina made about um, how light-skinned black women are seen as less aggressive than dark-skinned black women. Uh, There's some research in the United States where they looked at about 12,000 black women who had gone through the prison system and the research showed that the darker skinned black women received um harsher sentences than the light-skinned black women so there is unfortunately uh, truth to that in terms of how society looks at uh color and that's just women so i'm not even talking about men but just just black women the the other point um, I'll I'll briefly touch on. I think well, Karis was talking about this masculine energy, and I think um, maybe Amina had originally talked about about something in relation to this, and maybe Gem as well uh, about black men that go with either white women or lighter skin women, and or do not um, or say that they they're not going to go with, with black women. Um, because they're too aggressive and all of this sort of stuff. Um, to me, that just is a is a demonstration of a weak black man. If that's your justification for not going out with a black woman, then that just makes you weak as a man, period. Because that, that cannot be a justification. If there is an aesthetic that you like in a certain type of women, then fair enough. There is, the, your eye catches a certain type of women. But to say, I don't go out with black women because they are like this, that is just, that's uneducated, that's ignorant, and that is weak. Thank you. I, yeah, I, I can't really, really put it in, any further than that. And there are yeah. bigger ramifications of that as well, because then what does that say to, to young black women coming up and they're looking at black men that aren't in, a black-on-black relationship and I'm not saying that it has to be that way that a, that a black man must be with a black woman but what I'm saying is if your justification for not being an, in a black-on-black relationship is because there is something wrong with black women that does not bode well for the future for the next generation of young black women that are growing up if they're being told well there's something wrong with my mum so that's why my dad isn't around i've got a stepfather or i've got no father or he's gone off with an, a woman of another race that 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 can't work and and just very very quickly to touch on a point that jason mentioned earlier on about how perhaps darker skinned uh, brothers and sisters are being seen as more favorable and more more digestible because of the presence of more Africans in this country. There is a significance to that, a massive significance, because it's true. But what it also says is that we from um from the Caribbean, West Indians, we actually to a certain extent have to be grateful for our brothers and sisters that have come over from Africa and made such a significant imprint because the majority, if it's close to the majority now, of black males in this country are in mixed relationships. And I'm not saying that as though there is something wrong with that, but I'm just saying that in terms of the bigger picture, men, relationships from the Caribbean are getting diluted. The emphasis that we see on black relationships, dark-skinned, beautiful black people, is because of the significance that we are getting from Africans and their presence more within the UK. And that's not me completely throwing lots and lots of praise on um, on Africans. It's deserved, but on the other side of that coin, there is a differentiation between how Africans see themselves and how they see people from the Caribbean, and they do not necessarily see themselves as equal. But maybe that's a converse, another uncomfortable conversation for another day. <laughs>
3: Uh, I'll let you know now. Book your tickets for the 22nd of July. We'll be discussing uh, that topic. I'll just let you know that in advance. But anyway, yeah, Sammy, Brian, thank you for that. Very, very, very insightful, man. Sammy.
11: Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Brian, for those comments. Uh, Come on. Um, mine kind of linked into that. I, I wanted to pick up something Jason said earlier as well, though. When he, he was giving an example of the black man who's only maybe a three or four, but can get himself a white woman who's like a seven or eight. Um, I've got personal experience of this. I grew up outside of London, um, Hertfordshire, a very white area. Wasn't very many black girls around, but I was attracted to black women. So a lot of my friends, my black friends, would go often for white women. And there was this feeling, and this is just my personal opinion. I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'd be interested in the, and the men on this call for their perspective. But when I was growing up, uh, there was a feeling that the white girls were easy. It was easy to get a white girl. You didn't really need much game. You didn't really need to come with much lyrics. And maybe a lot of that comes back to this kind of traditional thing of the sexual black male who can satisfy you in bed or whatever. I don't know enough about it to speak intelligently about it in that regards, but just my own personal experiences, I witnessed that, you know, that it was easier to get a white girl then it wasn't to get a black girl because you couldn't just come in a weakness when you step into a sister. You have to come correct. You have to have some lyrics. You have to have something. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't just, you know. And that was my experience. And so I'm just interested in, you know, if the black men, what their experiences were like, if they think there's any kind of truth to that. Maybe it's just it depends on where you live. But, you know, there's, there's, that's just something I was interested in. Another point, um, we kind of see that in Hollywood as well with black men when they get to a certain point, it's like they get a white woman on their arm. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and you know, there's a whole other discussion around that in terms of what, what that's about as well. But um, yeah, that's what I wanted to say, thanks.
3: Thank you. Amina. Amina, um, Crystal, then Cassie. Thank you, Sammy. Hello. Hi, Amina.
6: Yeah, um, another point. Sorry, this will, I forgot this point. Um, it was off, yeah, about what the manager said about um, black women not rating the, like, not as good-looking black boys or something like that. That's, to me, that's another... Again, obviously, I can't knock someone's personal experience because a personal experience is a personal experience. So I do believe that, obviously, black girls have a, another level of standard when it comes to men in general. Um, and I also think that itself is a, it's a positive obviously about black women, but it is a, a thing that I feel has been kind of put into us and that like we've been molded to have that, which is a good thing, but I do believe, yeah, that's a whole other conversation, but I do believe that. Um, secondly, I, I think it's like, again, I, it's more of a question, in terms of when, when the men are saying that, you know, the black women didn't like them or wasn't interested in them, in terms of how, like, I, I don't, was it, they was in a, in a lower um, money financial situation and the black girls just weren't interested or, like, I, I just want to understand that a bit more because I feel like that's kind of been put out there and it is a stereotype that is put on black women, like, oh, you ain't interested in this anyway, yous want the ballers, yous want the men with money, yous want this. Um, And I'm sure we've all seen the memes about it, the woman with the man and um, in school and he's got no money and then he's he's got a job and he's a millionaire and he's with a white woman or he's with an ex-woman. But I think I'd like to understand that a bit more. Like, I'd like to open that question up, like, what experiences in detail have you actually had other than this man that's just spoke? Because I feel like that's kind of, not an excuse, but it's just, sounds like an excuse to me, in my opinion.
3: Thank you. All right, Chris and then Cassie and then Manny.
12: Hello so one point I wanted to make um, I'm dark-skinned and I've always been told that I'm pretty for a dark-skinned girl and it took me a while to kind of really understand that that it wasn't a compliment um, yeah so Dark-skinned women do go through a lot and that was from a light-skinned guy or mixed-race guy. Um, Another thing is I think it's an unconscious decision when black men choose to be with white women um, um, or lighter-skinned women. I believe that through environment music videos how families speak about uh, darker-skinned I just think it's something to do with the unconscious etc and another thing i want to say is that um i feel like the evolve evolving of afrobeats music has helped the way africans are viewed or a uh, dark skin or that whole culture is viewed now i feel like um people from africa are really they feel more proud compared to before i remember when i was going to school it was a bit like a shame a shameful thing to come from Africa. But yeah, that's the that's the point I want to make. I know we don't have enough time.
3: Ah <laughs> oh, thank you. That's a very good point. Um very good point. We've got Eldridge, Manny, Luigi, and then we'll see after that. Um quick point.
10: Oh, is that me, yeah? Hello? Yeah,
3: yeah, that's you. That's you. you
10: can hear me, yeah. Yeah, so um, some good points so far. I just kind of wanted to put something in. Um, I think Sammy was talking about the white girl easy um, frontier, and I think I think it, it it kind of depends on depending on your age group and stuff like that. But if you go, a lot of people have talked about the media and all that playing a big role in in colorism. So when you was young, when you was young, if you're sort of the 70s and, and and the 80s, or especially the 70s. You didn't, that time you didn't see any representation of the black woman at all, light or dark really, but you definitely did see um, the white woman. So I'm going to give an example of, if everyone knows the Sun newspaper, not that I read now, but you could, you could look at that on page three and see a naked white woman there. But in the end of the day, as a young person, that's what they're telling you is like, that's what it is. They're giving you that, like, and, and you'd hear white men use terms like, oh, she's this, that, and the other as a young person, black person or whatever at that time, when you were defending on when you grew up, if you're the minority, that's what you're going to look at as maybe uh, someone that you could uh, approach and have a good time with, being you know, polite on the, on the, on the, um, because we're on the Zoom. But if if you think about it like that, um, it, it, that, that page three woman could have been in her 20s. So when you look at your school friends or whatever, when you're getting into adolescence and all that, they were like, cousins or younger sisters of, of that lineage if input put in that way. So when Sammy says that, um, you know, uh, you see the white girl, the white girl was more, what do they call it, uh, sexually advanced. Whereas your, maybe your black um, sisters or cousins or whatever, they weren't seen like that because of the discipline and all that. So as, as a man, when you come to a certain stage in your life, you might see that um, white woman from the visions you've seen in the media and then you know try out your first experiences hence why black men might say uh white women are easy but that's just that point um on what sammy said um i was going to go on to say i think Carl's mentioned it a couple of times that this kind of colorism thing is uh it is it's a construct it's almost made up and i think people have talked about that historically and all that sort of stuff but for me i've like i mentioned before i've had a, a my wife i've been with my wife for 27 years now but in that time i've traveled the world Obviously, I've seen new beauties. I've kind of but I can't actually jump shit to go and pick a dark skin girl or a Philippine or whatever, whatever. Um, so I think that we have to be mindful of these conversations, not make it distract us too much because um we can't be running around and jumping all over all different women or finding find, oh you know, we don't like this one now, so we're gonna go on to that one and so on and so forth, because then we've got another male problem. Um and then I'm just gonna throw this one in. I'm gonna throw this one in. In the time that um, We've had this light skin, dark skin, huge battle going on. I found that cosmetics have started to play a big role in our society. Um, So a lot of um, darker skin women, but women in general are wearing more makeup. But I think the cosmetic industry is a very big industry. And we have that complaint in our community that, you know, we don't, we don't supply these goods but hair, makeup and so on and so forth is worn heavily by a lot of women from all different kind of skin tones. I wonder if that's got, is, is, isn't that a form of colourism, sort of changing appearance? Over to the floor.
3: Thank you. We're going to have Manny and Eugene will be the last one. Uh, quick points. Thank you.
1: Um, I, what I wanted to say was, with regards. To, it wasn't even Um, the point that Amina made, but I think a lot of the time when we was younger in that year, a lot of, of darker-skinned girls, when you're talking about... um experiences with them. I feel like they wanted validation from being with light-skinned boys anyway, forget about money. Do you know what I mean? So a lot of them would say, I don't really check for light-skinned geezers, when I think really that was their defence mechanism for thinking that they was never going to get no joy in that department. Do you know what I mean? So as soon as a light-skinned brother would check for them, they'd be all over it. And I had like, most of the people that I grew up with were half, um, were black and Irish anyway, so the majority of them were mixed race. So I saw that that whole thing play out many many times so i think that's just one way where you know um black girls might not have necessarily with black geezers and again that's not even necessarily their fault i think that might have come from their parents as well you know what i mean like what their mothers or aunties or older siblings would have perceived as attractive whether they seen it on tv and like the lady correctly said now the Afrobeats beats has, has had the kind of joy that it's had it's given um a lease of life to dark skinned males and females. Do you know what I mean? There's that stigma that was once there, wasn't there. Do you know what I mean? Like you said, Carl before like when you was at school, no one couldn't call you African. Because I think the only um images we had of Africans at school was like the starving Ethiopian child. So why would you want to be associated with that? Do you know what I mean? Whereas now it's not that there's like Storm season, your Dave's and your this and your dats and your, your burner boys, as well as the the, the rich legacy of dance and obviously hip hop and everything else now there's there's more ways that you can identify, whereas when there, was, there was, wasn't as many ways to identify. So I feel like that's where black boys would have had bad, bad experiences with black girls as well. So it's a, two, it's a double-edged thing, isn't it? Black girls want to be validated from a light-skinned brother. They know that they're going to get that kind of love. Whether that's their preference or not, that's what they're going to go for, because everybody, I suppose, wants them kudos. Like, they want to be rated by people, do you know what I mean? So that's, yeah, that's my take on that, personally.
3: Thank you. Um, Eugene?
1: Yeah,
5: it's just a touch on what the lady was saying about she just wants to know more about the black-right relationships. Back in the day when you're from ghettos or, you know, environments where it's predominantly black and you start travelling out of them areas and going to white areas, you find that some of the white girls down there, they're very promiscuous and it's what they've been told, you know, they've been told from their parents to stay away from black guys and, you know, they watch the films and the. To see how black people and black guys are portrayed. They just want in, but we want in too because we're growing up in a society where the black women—they're being told by their parents how bad we are as black boys. So they kind of look at us a funny way as well, where they can't really take us home. Do you know what I mean? Where with the white girls now, they don't really—they don't really—they don't really know. They're just seen and heard certain things, and so they don't really know. So with a black guy getting with a white girl now, he's able to. It's not even about manipulation. It's just that like it's able to live a certain life without the questioning or without the finger pointing or without the girl even knowing what he's up to. And at them ages there when you're a young teenager, you need that freedom. The black girls, the two clued up in a good way, the two clued up where they know us and the pull us up too many times where when you're a young kid coming through, you don't want that kind of stuff. You're getting out of home with your mum. You know what I mean? Where you going, this and that. wasn't. Well, they ask too many questions, which is it's obviously a good thing, but For a young youth growing up, it's not what he wants to hear. Where with the white girls now? They play ball. They're the ones who let you... No disrespect to any white women out there, obviously, when I was younger. But, you know, they let you get away with certain things. They give you a bit more freedom. You're able to go to the house and stay there a certain time and go through all this kind of stuff. But it's just a a thing that you need to get out of you as a young Black person. And as Manny was saying there now, how it's kind of transitioned now where... With white girls and with black boys now. You've got the Stormzies, the Jay Hust, Dave, Bernie Boy. They've just changed it now where for dark skinned black people like that, you know, they have the flavor right now. They're, they're killing themselves to get older when they black guys right now. You know what I mean? So it's turned round massively. It's turned around massively, but just, to, just not removed from the point what I was trying to make where when you're a young boy coming through, yeah, you needed some freedom. You didn't want to violate the sisters that was in the area or the sisters that you might have grew up with, just knowing how they are and to tell their friends how they are. So you seeked and saw girls from out of the area who just happened to be white, just happened to be from over color persuasions. And you able to get away with a lot more and advance more as a young man by being around them. Just no respect for the women, the black women, of course, I'm not trying to say that, but I'm just saying with the white girls, it allowed that. And this is something where you could say it was a positive or a negative for a young man. But that's just the way it was. That's just the way it was. That's coming from Moss Side background down here in the 90s, that's what it portrayed. And if any man was out here making money at them times, he was happy. He was happy to put whatever he had in the white woman's name because he thought that was the safest bet if he ever got grabbed by, by doing whatever naughtiness he was doing, put it in her name and it was a safer bet. So that's all it was really.
3: Thank you very much. Yeah, that is, thank you. Do you know what, Amina, I will let you go if it's one minute, because I want to wrap up. I will cut you if it's any longer, but you can take the floor.
6: Hey. Hello, yeah. Um, Now, just off the point of um, what the man just said, um, I agree, I understand it. I just think, I'm just making a point rather than um, saying I'm just writing up, but to me, I just think that Especially we're having these discussions about building black and, you know, the black community and all that stuff. I just feel like as a man, to me, I just feel like that's a, obviously hindsight in this generation. I feel like with that mindset, if, if this generation have that, that mindset, I don't think black people and black men are going to be able to progress at the level that they need to. Right. The easy route is the better route. But yeah.
3: Thank you. All right, just to wrap up here yeah, and thank everyone for joining another week of Uncomfortable Conversations. Where speaking truth is made easy. i when I to wrap up with saying here, yeah, um, there are a few things, sort of like uh, the black gene is the strongest gene. You can research the Eve gene. I know it's why they want to test in Africa with Bill Gates and all that. Because the Eve gene is the gene that all African women have. And if you get that right and you test that, every other thing works. That's why they want to test in Africa. So you can do your research around that. Um, And there is a Henrietta Lacks as well. She's got um, the G cell. Uh, It's a cell that is uh, being used in every single research lab in the world. It comes from a black woman. Um, It doesn't come from anyone else. When we talk about 50 shades of black, it all comes from black. And um, I think the conversations need to be sort of like a bit more about how we come together. And I'm going to wrap up. Yeah,
4: hi. The gentleman who wanted some feedback in terms of how the younger generation are dealing with things. Um, My friend's daughter, she is currently in in secondary school, about to start her GCSEs next year. So what does that make her? 15? Anyway, so cut a long story short, she goes to school, which is predominantly Asian, but there's a small group of um, black children within that school, and they're all quite clicky. Um, However, they don't, Include her, and she's had really horrible issues with being bullied because she's of darker, of a a darker skin tone. And um, mum's been up to school, obviously, but you know it's it's really really hard issue to address. So that's obviously happening, you know, in this current obviously before um, lockdown. But that's something that she's actually going through at this at this present time. Um, She's at a point where she doesn't want to go back to school. Because it 's just such an issue, because this little group of girls have got it into their heads that she, they don't want to be her friend because she 's darker um also well I want to ask a quick question what everyone thought but um in terms of a lot of darker skin men that I know always obviously not all just a bit of a generalization, some darker skinned men tend to go for lighter skinned women now, drawing back to what the lady was saying about thinking about her child when she was um when she had a child do we think that maybe darker skinned men are having children or dating lighter skinned women because they feel like it might make their kids lives easier just a random one yeah that's it thank you
8: yeah all right i couldn't get the mute off fast enough
3: (laughs) no worries that worked not fast that was slow but anyway continue Joe
8: yeah no the last the last one i know the last time i couldn't get the mute off fast enough so that's why it kind of skipped me yeah uh what i was gonna say was was that um yeah colorism is still an issue but i think as people you're always gonna find little differences anyway uh with people yeah especially when you're young in, in relation to what the other lady was saying about her uh the little girl being bullied at school um uh so yeah we've also there's also a hangover from colonialism where those things were put into place that the closer the lighter you are uh well it's, it's that old um thing they do it's like with the white jesus thing the close the the white you are the closer you are to god yeah and the dark you are the closer you are to
3: to um, any kind of badness
8: you know what I mean now in terms of what the lady, the lady the previously was saying about dark-skinned guys going with light-skinned women you also gotta put it the other way around the light-skinned women going for dark-skinned men, right? Why is that happening? Now, my uh, missus is light-skinned, right? I'm, well, on the spectrum, I don't know where I put myself, but I'm closer to dark skin than I'm light-skinned, yeah? Um, she's always, her previous boyfriend's always been relatively dark-skinned, right? Now, she's quite, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, she's proud of her, of her blackness, and in her mind, yeah, she would always want her children to be darker than her and have more, always uh, trying to bring herself back or reverse, you know, the, the light skin business. And you find that with a lot of other light skin people, yeah, like um, it's, it goes one way or the other. They other subscribe to that. Um, if they subscribe, it depends which, which doctrine they subscribe to. If they subscribe to the doctrine that... Um white is superior and the uh, and an improvement or if you subscribe to the doctrine doctrine that uh, black is um, is is better yeah then that's gonna direct you which route you go yeah Do you know what'm saying so um that's what i'd that's all I'd say on that one. so I think it depends on which doctrine you subscribe to because half of my family, like the American lady was saying. Um, is very light skin. The other half is very dark skin. My dad didn't subscribe to that um, that foolishness, but his brothers, for example, did, and they used to say all kind of madness about um, you know light skin, dark skin, and all that kind of stuff. And my aunties as well would subscribe to that absolute madness too. So I think it's still apparent, but it's not as um, I think it's as bad as it, as it as it once was. I think the reason why it's not as bad is because uh, anyone can be light skin these days. Yeah as opposed to, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, when the only people who were light-skinned were usually middle class, because the only people who were, because if you had money, you'd get yourself a light-skinned wife and, um, and then produce light-skinned children, because you could afford to have the best type of wife, and back then, the light-skinned woman was deemed uh, the best. Whereas now, anyone who's get with a white lady and then you got a mixed race kid running around, um, so it's not, it's not as um, I don't know if I make any sense without some, I'm conscious of time as well. Um, it's before being light skin was a social status, right? In uh, throughout America, and uh, the West Indies, and uh, you know, in England once upon a time. Yeah, whereas now it's not. In fact, you know, it's it's almost turned around the other way around, It's more it's like a um it's almost like you see more light-skinned people in council estates now than you do in, in middle-class areas um so it, it's it's changed so i think the dynamic of light-skinned and the mystique around being light-skinned is 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 not what it was that's what's sound that hopefully there's enough thanks meat on the that bone that. for that
3: thanks for that james is to here. It's probably right. He's dropped out. Trying to get the. All right. Um. There have been some good points. What's What's come out? I wait for Manny to come back. I just want to touch on a few things here, in terms of um colorism. You've, you've covered quite a lot, and um, I want to pick up on a few things, especially what like. So you say it's all about self love, yeah. And if we're talking about Fifty Shades of Black, and you've all got different variations, I'm assuming, um. How do you have self-love if you see yourself differently? And I'm, I'm directing this at women because it seems like it's more relevant to women because I don't know if men are caught up in that dynamic, even though Brian did say the guy has a YouTube channel. I didn't know that even men done things like that, but I, I'm learning, are I? So um, what does self-love look like? If you're saying um, you've got to love yourself there yeah, and you love all black women, do you see other black women and judge them based on their appearance? Um, and that's just been
6: putting that out in the open, Amina. Sorry, can I um, how to how do me like? Do I see other black women and feel like I don't I don't get it? Do I like say that again? Sorry, the question because I I was about to answer and I thought is that even my ask? Do how I view other black women? Are you asking? Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's what I'm asking because you're all. I'm assuming black women are all. uh, Different spectrums, aren't they? There's fifty shades. And this is what it's about: fifty shades of black. If you're saying that you see yourself, and I like the way that you the tone um, when you when you explain explaining sort of like the blackness. If you're of a richer tone, you see another woman who you see who's different of a different tone, she's carrying on weight. Do you view her mannerisms? Or do you do you judge her own her colour? Me, uh,
6: per- me personally, no. And again, I think that it's just the way I was raised, or so it's just the person I am. But when I see another black woman, automatically for me especially in a position of power or even just in general it just humans in general but if i see another black woman for me automatically it's, it's about admiration and more that kind of thing like oh she looks nice Or i'm, I'm more that kind of my, my brain's more in tune in that way that being said when i do see black girls and you know they are going on a certain type of way automatically i do have a um also, it's not embarrassment, but it's just like you're, you represent us Senate it and how people view you is their experience with you may be how they may judge me. So I, I do kind of feel a type of way when I see black females acting in a negative way. That being said, a lot of the time the passion behind it is that there's a reason why they're moving like that or they're acting like that. Um, but yeah, me myself, I don't, I don't view other black women in any kind of way like that. It's to me, it's always positive initially until an action takes place that's negative.
3: Okay. Any other women want to comment? But I will throw in there because the colorism is also a cultural thing as well. So African Caribbean descent, Cassie.
9: Hi. Um, when looking at the way I view the self-love, um, it seems like for me, when it comes to uh, the way people show their own love, it's it may be that they like what they see or they like what they feel. But for me, when I see other women, it's like, I don't see a lot of women who seem like they love themselves. And it makes me really sad. And when you love yourself, you're not going to put up with a lot. And so I think that you learn how to be compassionate, but you show other people how they can be compassionate in their own situation, not by telling them, just by showing them. And a lot of times it's about being patient with people and coming at them from where they are, not from where we are, because a lot of times, a lot of people get a lot of indoctrination. They're like constantly getting indoctrination, but they're not getting, hey, this is what they went through. How can they get through their own issues? And so for me, self-love was, I have like four volunteer jobs where I work in crisis. For some people, it may be whatever their gift is, like if they have a completely different gift. But for me, to me, it's let's work together. What do you want? What will make you be content in life? Not just what makes me content, what pays my bills. And I think the self-centeredness can be alleviated so that then we can have more self-love. Thank you.
3: Okay. Thank you. Um... Does anyone else want to comment on that, Eldridge?
10: No, uh, uh, yeah. You hi. Me? Hi, yeah. Can you hear me?
3: Hiya.
10: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hi there. Hi, hi everyone. Um. Yeah. So. Um. I didn't think I was best placed to answer Brian's question, but no one else is kind of stepping up. Um. In terms of um whether this colorism is going on today, I have a teenage daughter, and I kind of um listen to if we go if we take it to music and music refers to live tea so my daughter's 14 and she, was, and she didn't know she was a live tea until she went to secondary school and she was sorry, to a, sorry Eldred, your mic
3: isn't clear can anyone else it's a bit muffled can sorry
10: can you hear
3: me i can hear you, it was a bit muffled yeah can you hear me now yeah i can hear you clear yeah better thanks
10: yeah so i was just saying i was just saying i was just trying to kind of answer brian's question about the younger generation and i said my um teenage daughter she went to school and obviously i know about lighties and dark skiing and all that from you know obviously growing up but i i realized that when she went to secondary school she, she i knew she'd be referred to as that but she was kind of referred to as a lightie. and then you see her taking form of this sort of flick back hair, just in a certain way and kind of moving in a certain way so i'd say that um it, it, it's very colorism is very much here in the younger generation um and I, and I and i was also saying that if you listen to the music like popular music now um it's always referred to the young guys when they're when, when to when they're um writing their music you'll always hear them refer to women and color or shades of um, i can hit it again by speaking about my wife she's um both parents are from jamaica but she's Light skin and she's got different colour eyes, so she has. She always gets kind of responded to as um, being, "Oh, are you mixed race? Oh, I like your hair. I like your eyes, or whatever." And it's always made her feel quite uncomfortable because for her she's black, and not because she's got anything against white, but she, you know, because that's that's what the first thing people are going to say to her when they meet her. And we're up the road a bit now. We're not young people, um, so I'm just giving an example of it being sort of us who are in our late forties and then my youngest daughter is 14 and i've seen it with my other children um i could even take it to a to a, to a male a, a men's perspective as well so just so I don't take over the room i would just say brian i think it's going on very hard and strong today there might be differences in the way it is but the foundation of it is-
3: thank you sarah
13: yeah just going on from what eldred said um my experience has been the same. So my experience of, um, colorism has been one thing coming from a, you know, being one of several children. Um, and I'm, I'm of uh, a fairer complexion, definitely from, um, my maternal grandmother that my color, I was always treated with favor because of my color. Um, and yeah, so, and you know, that stems back from, uh, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said about, you know, um, the whiter you are, the closer to God you are, they come from that real old school mentality. So I was always shown um, favor because of my my complexion. Um, but then, I can't remember who said it, my, I, I was um, the opposite. So I've only ever been attracted to dark-skinned men. Um you know, and I don't know if that was conscious, subconscious, but in my mind, I never wanted children that would be as fair as me or fairer than me. So I don't know if that was where the um the attraction came from, but that kind of went on. Um, with my children, I've experienced colorism. We went to uh, a family wedding some years ago when uh, my two middle girls were probably about three and four. And somebody came up to us at the table, um, the two girls are only a year apart, and looked at the, the fairer skinned one and proceeded to say how beautiful she was and oh, what a beautiful child. Then my darker skinned child turned around at the table and said, Am I not beautiful too? And it was soul destroying that in this day and age, you know, and it was somebody from an older generation, but it wasn't nice um and then my eldest son who is 23 he when he chose his um his girlfriend like he's quite fair um not as fair as me but quite fair um considered to be you know a lighty his friends were like when he chose his dark skinned girlfriend you know why why did you not why did you not get a lighty you could have any girl you want why would you not go for a lighty and he was like because I'm attracted to who I'm attracted to but then what was even more shocking so even that among that younger generation there was this thing that you know irrespective of how beautiful his dark-skinned girlfriend might be you know the the complexion of the other girl's skin was seen as more favorable and, and something that him as a light-skinned um, young man should have gone for um, and then it just beggared belief that at all the different, you know, the young were giving him a hard time about choosing somebody of dark skin, you know, and then he had his grandmother who, you know, she's now in her early 60s or, or sorry, mid 60s, who was of the same kind of mindset. It just, you kind of expected it from the older generation, you know, 70 upwards. Um, but it just, yeah, it was quite sad to see that that is something that is still very prevalent you know, amongst all the generations. Um, And finally, just referring to an Asian colleague, um, me being quite fair, whenever there's a bit of sun, you know, if I wanna go outside and eat my lunch in the sun to try and, you know, get a bit of color on my skin. um, And my uh, colleague at work, who's probably 20 years younger than I am, um, just couldn't get her head around. You know she had her umbrella shading herself from the sun and couldn't get her head around why somebody of my complexion would be outside trying to sit in the sun getting darker it was just you know in her eyes it was the worst thing i could have done but that was up until that point i didn't realize the the kind of negative connotations attached to being darker you know i thought it was something within the black community i didn't know that it existed so much in the asian and you know, my experience of, of it, you know, learning about it afterwards was like, it. it's, I don't know if it's more prevalent, but, um, or maybe that, maybe they're at a different stage of it to, to what the black community is, but it was, it was quite shocking, quite eye-opening. Yeah,
2: that's it.
3: Thank you. Um Jen? Uh, yes, uh,
2: yeah i put my hand up and then i put it down because um i think i've agreed with just about everybody what they've said in this conversation um i think we need to be more aware of what we teach our youngsters and how we approach it because right now when you go on social media you'll see that you know somalian girls or sudanese girls are the best looking in the world But then you're not promoting any other black women as well, because to be precise, we come in a variety, even black men come in a variety of shades. And we need to be able to give the younger generation the opportunity to see different shades of blackness or brownness, because, you know, we go from a spectrum of being light all the way to the dark, dark brown. So I think that will be interesting going forward, how we can actually tackle that and how we can achieve it in this society. Thank you, everyone.
3: Thanks, Eva. Jason?
8: Um, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, it was, was just speaking just before this lady here. Um, she said about the, her Indian friend. Um, yeah, so the colorism, that's like, uh, again, that's a colonial hangover. Um, Anywhere where um, where white people have gone and colonised, what they left behind was the uh, was the colourism. Um, you 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 always find it in any country where white people have had a large influence and spent a lot of time there, because when they come in when they, when they go into these countries, they put themselves in at the top, and then what would happen is, uh, just like uh, on the plantation, is they'd mix with the people, and have children. And then their children, they'd get them, they'd put them in positions of power. Yeah, but to everybody else, they think that the people, why the, the people who are in positions of power, are in those positions of power because they're lighter in complexion, not because they're actually just the children of the people of the people in power. And um, and that's how that colorism kind of starts. And then what happens is you have a um, like a hierarchy. So those ones who are uh, light skinned are going with other people who are light skinned because they're all the parents of the other people who are in power. Makes sense? And then you get this uh bourgeoisie or this aristocracy of uh, of light skin. Yeah. And uh same thing with happened in India. That's so why you get those light skin Indians. India's got a casting system. They're probably the worst. they're probably the worst at it. We think we think we're bad. They're 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 ten times worse. Uh they actually have casting systems where it's like you can't even marry someone if they're a different caste. And, um, and that all goes back to when the British occupied India. Uh, Philippines have got it bad, you, you name it. Everywhere where the South America got it bad. Um, everywhere which has been colonized by Europe, by England, Spain, Portugal, uh, you name it. Yeah, Dutch, whatever. They leave that behind, that legacy behind. And it's, uh, it, it's gonna take a long time to, to undo. But like I say, the younger generation are starting to, um, are starting to uh, take those shackles off their head. Because I think with the influx in this country, uh, with the influx of African immigrants, I think has helped to make a difference. Because for a long time, there was a lot of um, prejudice towards Africans from people of, uh, of West Indian backgrounds or African American backgrounds, for example. Yeah, and you want to distance yourself from, from Africans. Whereas um, now, there's a lot more Africans in the country. We get to see how dynamic they are, understand their culture, and um, and there's a lot more mixing between Africans and Caribbeans. So I think um, so I think that's helped and that's assisted. So and you know I think it's um, and it's also who's the dominant force as well. So because there's a lot of um, Africans who are bringing their culture and everything else, and they're bringing all their all the things which um, which other people are looking at. thinking, think actually you know what that's kind of cool. So it, it uh, changes people's perception of being dark skinned. I think that one of the reasons why people didn't want to be dark skinned was because people thought you looked African. People used to say that, Oh, he looks African. Yeah. It, it was like an insult to, for someone to say that to you. So I think now it, um, that doesn't really carry any weight anymore. You said someone, you're African thinking, oh, so what, <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas before it was, um, it, it carried more weight. So I think, I think as time goes by, I think it, it I know some people are still trying to hold the fort and keep this colorism thing going, but it's going to play itself out very soon because, like I say, um, the amount of light-skinned people, the younger people you see with dark-skinned men, especially the females, um, it's, uh, you know they, they don't really have an issue with it. And um, uh, the, the guys aren't following the suit as much as the, as the women that I see. The light-skinned guys aren't. It's not the same proportion. To what they're going with dark skin, as it is with the, um, as it is with the females, but you know, there's reasons for that. She ain't going go to now, but yeah, that's it. All
3: right, thank you, Amina, and then Sammy. Hello. Hiya.
6: Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to make a point, but I don't know if we're going into that kind of lane yet. Um, in terms of like, um, because I feel like from the this conversation um, a lot of the men who have spoken have uh, mentioned that they have lighter-skinned um women um which i i think is another topic in terms of colorism right um, um, you
3: yeah no i'm saying again into my next question but yeah, yeah.
6: Now, you, you go to the question first, and I'll come back in.
3: <laughs> no, uh, no, because um, I've got Sammy who wants to speak, so I, sh- I should have made you speak and see where he was going and brought it back, but uh, my egoness is, I'm still trying to manage that, but speak your team, man. Talk the team.
6: Now, basically, because uh, now, obviously, because I, I, I think of, like, my own life, um, and in terms of, as I said, I am someone who doesn't see it in terms of, like, I see colorism. It's there, obviously. It's clearly there, mm. but... In terms of how it affects my life, it doesn't really affect me, if you know what I mean. So I can't really hold on to it, probably how others will, because I feel like life's great, but I don't know. Um, but that being said, when I actually sit here and think of all the men I know, 90% of them are with light skinned women. Like, that's actually, like, when I actually sit down and think, I think, like, that actually is a truth. Um, when I think of, the experiences that a lot of like black women have had with men, I would say majority of black women go with black men, of chocolate or similar skin tone. Whereas when I think of black men, like my dad, um, he married, obviously he was married to my mom, black woman, beautiful. Then when he, while well, he was like, we're Muslim and so, he was in polygamy um, <laughs> when he was growing up. So he had black wife, then he got a co-wife who was Indian. Then after my mom, all the women he married were Indian. So even that's the thing. Like when I when I think about it, it's like, oh, okay. That there's probably a, a bigger conversation between black men and black women rather than black women and black women in terms of colorism. Maybe I don't know. Okay.
3: You like here, yeah. All right. The ball's in our court, men. <laughs> all right. Sammy. Thanks, Amina.
11: Yeah. Thanks, Amina. Great discussion, everyone. Um. I'm a, a West African black man, married to a beautiful black woman, um, nice dark skin, and I agree with a lot of everything that's been said. Um, I do think it's got better um, compared to. I'm in my forties, so when I was younger, I, I agree with the comments that were said about, you know, Africans and and, and Caribbeans. There was that, a little bit of that kind of, you know, not understanding, recognising people. Heritage and Africa being said to be ashamed of. Um, but it's got better, it's still there, 100%. It's still there. Um, you, you remember that experiment they did years ago with the dolls and they got the black girls to choose which doll do you want, the white doll or the black doll and most of the... the pretty much all the girls chose the white doll. And they repeated that experiment 30 years later, thinking that with, the, you know, your Oprah Winfrey's and Beyonce's and all these these black women now that are in the limelight, if it would have an effect, and if the results were still the same. These young black girls, you know, very young, maybe five, six, seven years old, still preferring to choose the white doll. Um, so I think that's just an example that this thing is. Um, I think, as Jason was saying, you know, this thing goes back to colonialism. So it, it's very deep rooted, yeah, and we know that it's gonna it's gonna take a a long time. I, I think there's a lot to be said about the self-love and as the way we as black people uh, respect each other and teach each other. Someone mentioned about like, teaching the children. I think that's really, really important because we need to counter that negative narrative, which is still there. It's ingrained in us. A lot of us would have grown up with that in some shape or form. Um, and although it has definitely got better, as, as has been heard, it is still there. Kids in school are still hearing it. They're still getting it. Um, and I think we really need to teach our, our children just the beauty of 50 shades of black. I love that type, 50 shades of black. You know, it doesn't matter. You're light skin, dark skin. you're a child of God and you should respect your men and love that. Um, and we need to be teaching that because the world is still teaching the opposite that white is best. You know, a lot more subtly now, a lot more subtly, it's not blatant, but it's still being perpetuated. But yet they will take everything from our culture and everything that there is, but yet they'll still trap that underlining thing that you know, dark skin is, is 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 something to to be ashamed of. So yeah, I just want to add that add that into the discussion. Peace.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, there's a few things I'm gonna put out there now because I think we're going into that uh, phase, and I mean, touched on a few things here. Manny touched on that, and I think Carrie's touched on that as well when they spoke about. Um, Manny, you talk about how to, we've got a um, appropriate, just make more babies in it, yeah? And if we're doing that, yeah, and we're going to do that, how do we love ourselves if 59% of black men in this country are not in a relationship with black women? And I think that goes back to what Caris was saying about, um, do men look for lighter skin women? Um, I don't know. I am, I'm someone who, I go out with women, um, I think that's what Brian says. I've been out with black girls, white girls, but I see women for who they are. I see your soul, your energy, and I think a lot of um, what Cassie said, in terms of when she said the battle when um, put up with a lot, I think these are just little bits I picked up when you said put up with a lot. Does that come across as aggression then, or when a black woman gets labelled as angry black woman, because they're putting up with so much, they're putting up with not being seen as beautiful by their own not being seen as beautiful in society. Black men are going with light-skinned women. Do you think that there's a, um, a certain thing attached to that? You've got Jason and then Amina and then Jen.
8: <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, one of the girls said that uh, about the light-skinned girls going to the black men and everything else, but um, someone has to go with the light-skinned girls. And if it's not gonna be us, then it's gonna be white men. And if it's a white man, then, then uh, you know they're producing possibly white kids, so um, you know someone's got to do it. And um, and going back to the um, uh, so it's not like um, it's not like it's uh, sometimes it's not a preference, is it? And what's the, what's the term? There's a term called uh, the frequency illusion, right? Is you know when you um, when you like get uh, something new, like you get a new car, and you start seeing that car on the road all the time, or you get a new jacket and you start seeing people wear that same jacket. I think it's the same thing. You see, some sometimes you see something. And it seems that like you're seeing a lot more because you're aware of it. Yeah. So um, you know, you, you see a lot of uh, black men with dark skinned women, because you know a lot of the dark skinned women have still got men. So they're not all going to have um, light skinned men, or or or, or um, you know, they're going to they're going to have men, and the men are going to vary in complexion, just like the like the um, the black men. Um, but uh, going back to the, uh, what, I was, what I was about to say was, um, I lost my train of thought now. Um, lost my train of thought, lost my train of thought. Can I come
3: back? Yeah, no worries. All right. Uh, Mina and then Jen.